What's going on, everyone? It's the commissioner here. And for the first time ever, me and the GM are proud to announce that we have a Houston Rocket player to meet us at the summit. That's right, 40-plus episodes in, and we finally have a Houston Rocket alumni player meeting us at the summit. Vaughn frickin' Wafer is here in this episode. That's right, 2008-2009 sharpshooter for our Houston Rockets. Vaughn Hawks, acrobatic dunks, passion all for the H and he's here today to talk about his story and his journey his entire career what he's up to now as well we talk about his entire uh tenure with the Rockets uh who he thought was his greatest teammate he talks about Yao Ming he talks about his teammates as well as the culture of Houston and why it holds and continues to hold a special place in his heart and and unfortunately why he was not able to resign with the team we also talk about the influence that Kobe Bryant had on him the matchups that they had against each other in practice when Von Wade forgot drafted and playing opposite uh, against him in the playoffs we also talk about the influences that Carmelo Anthony had in his game as well and we also talk about the big three with uh, Ray Allen Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett the influences that they had on him and it the great thing about this story is is that it's a very stripped down story he there was nothing held back he understood why he there there were shortcomings in his career and I think me and my me and the GM both agree that there was just nothing greater than understanding that and being at the forefront and being able to show it on this platform on a podcast. It's absolutely incredible stuff. It's a story that needed to be told and it's a story that needs to be heard, especially in the city of Houston. It's more or less a love letter to the city of Houston from Von Wafer and the Summit State of Mind is proud to present that to you right here. Poetic Justice, Von Wafer, right here on the Summit State of Mind. What's good, everybody? This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast with the commissioner and the GM. Let's get it. Times I feel old like I'm going out of style, so I turn down the music on my FM dial. I beg of you to come and listen for a while and look at this wonderful world through the eyes of a child. This is my chance to What is going on everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. Of course, with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Hey man, it's Thursday afternoon, towards the evening time. Apologies for my voice, but just checking in on you. How you doing today? Man, I'm good. The Astros won. We won in 10 innings. So, you know, like, thank God we lost three in a row. But, hey, man, we got it. We got that dub, finally. Exactly. We need dubs around. Yeah, we need dubs around here, so. I agree. We'll take we'll take dubs when we can, man. That's right. So I'll take it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And uh, you know what? We're getting. We're, you know, speaking of dubs, I'm gonna go ahead and say this right now. This is the biggest dub that the Summit State of Mind has ever had up to this point because we have a brand new guest on the show. 
just a little something special about this guest. Let me see if I can. I've been known for giving intros, and let's see if I can do this man justice because I know he deserves it. So here we go. In high school, he was a former McDonald's high school All-American. He moved on to play college basketball at Florida State University as a Seminole. He was the 39th overall pick by the LA Lakers in a 2005 NBA draft. He has played for a total of seven NBA teams. He has also played internationally as well for the Greek EuroLeague, Italy, the CBA in China, and Russia, but he is most known for playing and being the spark plug and three-point shooter for our Houston Rockets in 2009. It is my pleasure to present our first ever Houston Rocket player on our show. He is not a cookie. He is Vaughn freaking Wafer at the summit. Vaughn Wafer, how's it going today, man? It's going good, man. Thank you guys for having me on your platform. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what we have in store for today. Oh yeah, and we're thank we're we're so thankful to have to have you on the show. Uh, like I said before, we actually started this podcast. One of my favorite rockets of all time, with probably one of the most memorable rocky years we had ever experienced. We were too me and my brother we were too young, uh, to experience yeah. the championship years. So yeah. That was uh, that was the first time we advanced to the second round. What in twelve years at that point? Yes. Um, I still I still remember uh, they went on that run in the fourth quarter, and then Vaughn hit that jumper from the midi just to get us you right got back us on going track in game six. Keep us, you know, keep them at a distance. And I was like, thank God, <laughs> that was just the spark that we needed to get us over that hump in game six. Yeah. So man, we are extremely grateful and happy that you're here and we we're so excited to hear your story and everything in regards to your experiences with the Houston Rockets and then and the NBA in life. Absolutely. Oh man, I'm I'm excited to share. This sure. one that needs to be shared. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And we're happy to we're happy to be the platform for you. So, before we go into your whole story, uh just today like just right now, what, what have you been up to recently? Oh man, my life is um it's been a transition 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 uh i'm just you know every day i'm just trying to figure out the next step in life i want to do some coaching you know what i mean i would love to play but for some reason not getting any interest not getting any any um any any bites on that for for whatever reasons may have you uh leave it to the powers that be but i still love to play but i'm in the um process of transitioning to the sidelines trying to coach and develop other youngsters like myself so they won't make some mistakes that I did. You know, I'm gonna just put this out there for anyone that's for anyone that's listening, anybody. How can this guy not get playing time? This dude is a beast. I'm sorry. Vaughn is one of my favorite. You're one of my favorite basketball players. Like, dude, you were you would light it up. Like you could light up for 30 in any any given night. Like, I thought that that's how good yeah. you could be. I mean, I felt the same way, you know. I felt like you know, I think that maybe was a gift and a curse. I felt like no one could stop me. And sitting on the bench, it just it just was killing me. You know, I didn't handle it the best. So I think that kind of counted against me. You know, I think the coaches didn't like the way that I handled it. I didn't know how to handle it. I did the best I could. And it's like the gift and the curse. I feel the same way. I feel like I could score on anybody. I feel like I could score, I could score in any league. And I did, you know, everywhere I went and I was given the opportunity, I put up numbers and numbers lie. I mean, men men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. So 
You damn right, man. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm like trying so hard not to fanboy out right now. Like, like, like legit. Like this dude's already dropping facts, and we're like not even five minutes into the pod. <laughs> well, you know what? You, you know, I, I wish if I was if I know what I knew today, I would have understood the politics and and the professionalism that goes with, and I would have handled it a different way, but. I mean, you're a young kid. You don't know any better. I did the best I could. So, I just think, you know, in my opinion, uh, and we're going to talk about the Houston Rockets, that that Rockets year, of course. That's going to be the meat and potatoes of this episode. But from what I saw from, as a fan, you know, I'm not media. I wasn't behind the curtain. I never saw anything. But as a fan, you were in yeah. outside of maybe like Ron Artest that year, you were obviously the most passionate. And when you're passionate about something, it gets you emotional and gets you emotional going in a good way or a bad way. But you were like the energizer bunny. You were the spark plug. You were the engine that got the team going. Like in my opinion, anytime, anytime we were in a drought, five, six mm-hmm. minutes without scoring, boom, Rick Adelman's going to plug in Vaughn Wafer and he's going to light it up for 10 straight points. Like I, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that was my role, you know. I was I'm thankful Coach Allen gave me an opportunity. That was my first opportunity to play um in a consistent role in the NBA. It was an unbelievable experience. I waited for it so long. I was just so excited to have a role on the team. Um I felt felt like he gave me an opportunity and I ran with it. And I'm just thankful, thankful to him for that. I'm appreciative. He was the first coach to give me an opportunity out there. Absolutely agreed. And uh, so let's switch gears here. Let's talk about early on um, your journey to the NBA first and foremost. So, you know, when you went to the, uh, from what I read, were you not even invited to the combine? No, my life has been kind of, it's been kind of weird. Like it's always been harder, extra harder for me for some reason. I wasn't invited to the um, combine in Norfolk. and it's just it just always seems like it's some extra difficulty that I have to face or some adversities or obstacles I have to overcome. But it just is what it is. I've learned to just accept it for what it is and didn't get an invite, but was still fortunate enough to get drafted. You know? Absolutely. And you got drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers. So right. let's talk about like your career uh, up to this point going like right before you came to the Rockets. So I guess just explain from you, from when you got drafted to 05 before you get got to the Rockets around training camp of 2008, how would you describe your career at that point? Um, Full of, my career was full of inconsistencies. Uh, I was drafted by the Lakers. I didn't truly understand the magnitude of the opportunity I didn't understand what it meant to be a Laker. I'm not, um, I'm going to take responsibility. I didn't understand, uh, you know, what it took to be a professional. Uh, I wish that I could have learned faster. I wish guys would have been a little bit more patient with me. Coming from a small town, you know, you don't really know much. No one's ever made it to the NBA from where I'm from. Nobody's really even made it to play college basketball, so we don't, we didn't really know the prep- preparation that it took. So I wish they would have been a little bit more patient with me. I was lacking in that area mm-hmm. as far as preparation and professionalism. So that kind of that kind of caused me to bounce around a little bit. You know, I was trying to find a home, bounced around. I was a rookie with the Lakers, didn't get much playing time, went to the D-League, got an opportunity with the Denver Nuggets. It's just pretty much the same thing. I never really... Um, <clears throat> Mixed in with the group, I was always kind of like the outcast, Lone Ranger. Bounced around the Nuggets, 
couldn't find a way to stick there. Um, and I landed with the Rockets. Hey, man, I have a quick question, though, in regards to the teams that you were in. Um, with, you know, obviously you played with, um, you practiced with the likes of a Kobe and, right. and, and with Melo in Denver, right. correct? Was right. there anything that you took that you learned from their games when you practiced with them and things that they showed you that you were able to apply to yourself? Not just personality wise, but even like in the game, like just a little moves here and there that kind of helped along the way. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. That's a great question. I learned more from Kobe um, as as I'm older. I learned more mm-hmm. from him now than I did from actually being around him because he was on a different level, you know, far as mentally and far as how he prepared and in the level of professionalism, he was, he was like, you know, this is me and my uncle. We kind of talk about it. He's like, Kobe attacks everything. Like, like it's his last go It's his last meal is his last mm-hmm. opportunity where I'm just coming in and kind of laughing and just joking. So it would be some times where me and him would clash and sometimes he would hurt my feelings. But now that I'm older, I wish I could have understood what he was trying to do and what he was trying to do, um, what he was trying to showcase. And just the example he said every day, he just went, he he went kind of what you saw in Houston. That was kind of some of Kobe, every, everything just mm-hmm. all out best you can strategic, fundamental techniques all down. So I learned that from watching him, <laughs> from watching um, Carmelo. Uh, it's two different beasts. You know, Carmelo is pretty much like me. He's, he's, you know, just super, super talented, Mm. you know what I mean? Just, just more talented than everybody else. So it's, it's two different animals. I learned a lot of, a lot about scoring from watching um, Carmelo, but I learned a lot about mentality. I learned a lot from both two, two different things though. Yeah, no, great, great answer too. the way that, you know, the way that these players are and, and someone like Melo and Kobe transcending talents, generational yeah. talents, they only come around pretty much once in a lifetime. And the opportunity, right. the, the information that you were able to absorb was obviously huge. And you were able to like, not just pick it up, but pick it up and run with it by the time that you got to Houston. Yeah. All right, let's move on and talk about Houston the biggest part of your career. But before we do, we need to go ahead and take time for our sponsor, the greatest, greatest and best anime streetwear label. That's right. Anime streetwear label in the entire city of Houston. You can't do it. We can't do an episode without including something that is culture changing. That is my best friend's label day off. Are you tired of the same old anime tees? Are you tired of the same old mall core look? the woodlands mall core look well be sure to check out the brand day off for your retro anime goods from animes like macross and neon genesis evangelion to cowboy bebop my hero academia and my personal favorite shokugeki no soma day off is your source for anime induced graphic mayhem you can use the code right now day off summit for a 10 percent off discount at dayoff.shop that is d-a-y dash o-f-f dot shop he just dropped a summer collection, absolute kick-ass stuff. You have to go on his website and check it out now. The present day, present time tee. Present day, present time, right around the shoulder blades. White uh, shirt with black color, with black lettering. 
absolutely sick. And he also has the otaku culture street style clothing. Know yourself tee. Absolutely amazing stuff. Black shirt with a white lettering. And then he has the crybaby hero tee. Classic anime stuff with a color lettering on a white tee. And very, very comfortable sidekick activity shorts. That's right. He also has shorts. Only uses the best products. Only uses the best fabric. So you not only look good, you feel comfortable as well. And the best part about it is he creates all of this clothing in-house. That's right. He does it all himself in-house. So if you're really looking for the best anime street whaler label, look no further than Day Off. That is D-A-Y-O-F-F dot shop. Hey, everyone. This is Chris Chavez, a.k.a. The Nature Boy. Woo! And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. Let's get into Houston now. Let's get this is like you said earlier, it being the, one of the best times in your life. And speaking personally, you know, turning off the interview for just a second of me just being personally, this was one of our greatest years as fans. So we can definitely we can relate to you in terms of that. So let's talk about that right now. When you so you come in on training camp, right? Just uh, you were, were so what was the process of that? You were like a training camp invite, right? Right. Um <clears throat> Um, to be honest, I think it was just opportunity to just, you know, come in and maybe fill a spot for training camp. But I think I exceeded expectations, you know, um, in Memphis, um, got hot. Um, uh, believe I scored, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, it was pretty, it was pretty high. I can't really remember, but I wasn't missing nothing. And it just took off from there. Um, earned my spot. Um, it just, it just took it to the moon. Absolutely. Also, uh, another question on regarding the Rockets. Like, what was the when you came in? So, like, piggybacking off of my brother, my, my brother said, like, you were talking about Kobe and you were talking about Melo. Now you're with the Rockets with Yao Ming, with Shane Battier, with Ron Artest. You're full of veterans. You got the youngsters, and you know, you got a few of the youngsters in here too, with Carl Landry, Aaron Brooks, and yourself. Um, how was the culture of Houston? Um. Culture was the culture was good. We had we had a mix of everything. You know, we had serious guys. We had some joking guys. We had some, some you know, everyone was intelligent, but we had some super smart guys. We just had a mix of everything. Um, a lot of it just was a great experience. Ron came, you know, he had his unique personality. I actually learned about work ethic. From Yao, I never got to the gym early enough to watch Kobe work because Kobe was getting up at like four in the morning. So I would always see Yao and I'm like, dang, this is crazy. So that's kind of when I learned about work ethic and what I needed to do. He was an example. I see what he was doing and I just tried to emulate it. But it was a great locker room. You know, guys were it was a great camaraderie. Everybody seemed to like each other very professional this was a great atmosphere we could tell definitely from being from our view too and you have to agree gm right yeah when you're what when we were watching the games back then you could see that everyone was genuinely happy for each other in right. the sense of everyone's successes like i remember just specific <laughs> moments like you know 
Ron Artest is beating on his chest. Yao Ming <laughs> getting like getting real hype. You know what Yao, I mean? Yao was a big, he was a big supporter of mine. Shout out to Yao. He he wanted to see me be successful. You know, I know that for a fact. He was the great man. He seemed like one of the genuinely nicest guys um in he's basketball. Solid. He's super solid. Yeah. Super extremely solid. Well, let's not forget you played alongside a young, really young Kyle Lowry, the backup yeah. for, for yeah. AB. And, you know, Lowry's still oh, in the God. league now. But at that point in time, Lowry was still that young guy still trying to find his spot. He didn't have that. He didn't have his three-point shot yet. But, right. man, when he came off the bench, you and him together, man, y'all just played with energy all the time. And he, he was yeah. like, y'all both were very tenacious on the, the perimeter. The power of a professionalism. I think Kyle was professional. You know, I think he went about his business the right way. I think I had more talent, but just wasn't professional. And you see the trajectories in which both careers went. So you see the power in professionalism. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, you know what? And I agree. Because, well, that's the thing, too, because you had a career high. You averaged like nine, nine, for the top of my head, 9.7 points, like 10 points per game. That was ended up being your career high. And let's let's move on now into January. That was a big month for you. That was that was the month that was the month where we were like all right man let, let's get let's see get let's get some see some von wafer on the court t-mac is going down i'm i'm so yeah. done with t-mac i'm done because he I, he keeps going in and out of the lineup yeah. I, i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> i have i have a vendetta against that guy <laughs> you, know, t-mac's a, you know t-mac he's a, he's a legend he's one of the most if he doesn't hurt his knee you know i don't know yes. we might be talking about him amongst I mean, True. I don't know. <laughs> him, I know. Him, him and Penny Hardaway, man. Him and Penny Hardaway, man. man. They were both like, if nothing man. happened to their knees, you already know. T Mac was. I don't really think people, man, T Mac. But you know, there was unfortunate situation. You know, um, he went down with an injury. They called my name and never looked back. Absolutely, and it started ultimately. It started ultimately with one game, and I'm gonna take right. a stop for just a moment. We're gonna share my screen just so everyone can see. We're gonna watch a quick highlight. Vaughn, is that okay with you? Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. All right, can yeah. everyone see my screen? Yeah, yeah see we it. see. It, All right, bro. let's go. Let's let's see what we got here. All right, let's see what we got here. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, Aaron Brooks has the ball. Here we go. Okay, set a screen. Is that Landry? Oh, that's, no, that's Landry, no. yeah. Oh, that is Landry. That is Carl. <laughs> man, Vaughn. <laughs> I still get chills. Passion, man. I love it, man. I love it. That shot was so big to me because they were they were talking so much noise over there in the locker room, over there in the corner on the Celtics bench. They were just talking. The whole game, they were just barking, barking. Oh, you sorry, boy. You sorry, you ain't sorry. We're gonna leave them open. Oh my god, imagine. And then they stored and it went in. Oh my god, and it was incredible. I've got to we gotta watch the we gotta watch the replay. It deserves a replay. We gotta watch the replay. It's too good. (laughs) See, Paul leaving me open. No, no respect, man. No respect. Yeah. And you show them. You show them. You know. <laughs> they were talking noise the whole game. 
Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they were defending champions at that point, from what I remember, right? Oh no, no, no. no. Oh wait, yes, two thousand eight, they, they won. They were defending champs at that point. They time. were. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Man, imagine playing against those, especially Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett, one of the most legendary trash talkers in the league. Absolutely, <laughs> he, he definitely is. Kevin Garnett is definitely one of the biggest yeah. tra- oh. trash talkers I've ever encountered. That's Man. for sure. Right. Yeah, no, no, like that honestly, when we had got when you had committed to doing the episode, I think I had wound up watching that highlight at least five or six times. Hands down, one of my favorite yeah. moments from that entire season. So yeah, so yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you were talking about like you were kind of giving us the whole play by play during that process. Like, you know, you got two, you got these dogs and they're all barking shit at you and you're saying that paul pierce like (laughs) leave this dude open and time and time again you were known for just shutting people up (laughs) yeah sometimes i don't i don't know why people didn't believe in me or put no faith in me i don't know i guess it's because i'm so emotional and so sporadic i don't know but god blessed me to be able to put a basketball in the hoop so i don't know that's a talent, and that and that's definitely a talent. So walk walk us through that that moment. Was that it? Was that drawn? That was that play? Was that play drawn up for you? No, it wasn't. I think um, we just wanted to put them in a position to where Aaron could, you know, just break down the defense. Called a high pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Aaron was he was playing really good that year. That's probably his best year of his career too. Mm-hmm. You know, he was mm-hmm. he was putting in work that year. So he probably was on fire that game. Coach put him in a high pick and roll, spaced the floor, and just let him work and make a decision. And all just ended up in my hands. And it always did in the big moments. Made a great decision. Right, right. right. <laughs> uh, You're being too modest. You're too modest. I'll, I'll, I'll happily be your, your hype guy. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh yeah, no. Normal. I try to stay grounded. I try my best. I try. <laughs> we all we all do, man. Yeah. We all do. It's 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 a whole part of life, you know. But right. it's those it's those type of moments that that you know that you're able to showcase your talent and what you believed in yourself. You know, like you should be able to talk yourself up and believe in yourself. You know, not many people can say that they hit a big shot against the defending champions, any defending champion, for and that they're and their home floor. Exactly. See, that's how you shut up the, the whole Boston ha- crowd. <laughs> the Boston I crowd. I heard they're crazy. I live for moments like that. So, you know, those those kind of moments I live for. I miss those kind of moments. I miss playing playing in pressure situations with the crowd screaming. I miss that stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, Vaughn, let's move on. But before we move on, we of course need to do another ad for another great and awesome sponsor. The greatest, the best barber shop in the entire city of H-Town. No, 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 wait. My mistake. They were voted tops in the entire world. That's right. The number one barber shop in the entire world where you can get whiskey and beer and have a freaking kick-ass haircut and a kick-ass time. And that is the Argyle League. Oh, the GM's about to take it. Big Brother, let him know how it is. Have you ever wanted to look like a gentleman in a place where you can get a haircut and a shot of whiskey all while being taken care of by top shelf professional barbers? That's right. 
This is the Argal League, where me and my brother have been receiving our haircuts since 2016. What makes Argyle literally the coolest barbershop in the world? They were voted coolest barbershop in the world. They've also been featured in GQ Magazine. Their exclusive barbershop for the NCAA Final Four in 2016. They've also worked with Sports Radio 610 and Hope Lodge Houston. They were the official barbers for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Calendar launch party in 2017. And that's just a few accolades. So if you're tired of your hair and you want to look like a gentleman, I, wait, we highly recommend going to Argyle League and get a fresh cut from one of their kick-ass barbers located at 709 West Alabama Street, Houston, Texas. Visit their website, com to book an appointment. May I repeat that? The com to book an appointment. So stay sharp, gentlemen, and meet us at the summit. All right, good shit, GM. Let's go ahead and move on now as we continue on with the story of Von Wafer. He's going to go ahead and tell us and talk to us Continuing on about his career and how it's continued to shape him uh, through his tenure with the Rockets, especially we're going to talk about not just Boston, but the games that he big games he had in L.A. and continuing impact that the city had on his uh, career and his life. So here we go. Continue to listen with myself, the GM and Von Wafer right here on the Summit State of Mind. definitely big time for you especially in houston so like just continue and talk about that like you had the the thing that turned everyone's heads was the bot was the boston shot especially us in houston but i think what goes a little underrated is you had a career high i think either up to that point or in total i wasn't sure you didn't you have a career high against the lake against the lakers which i think you guys ultimately lost the game but you yeah. lit up the floor yeah, I was I was ready for that game. I was hyped because <laughs> I was why why, why? For it. <laughs> well I, I felt like you know what I mean. Um I felt like they cut me, you know, and I felt like I they I just wish they would have gave me a little bit of time, you know, to mature. I felt like they made a bad decision and cut me. I mean, everybody probably feels like after they got cut. So when when they came, I just had it on my mind. I had it. I was I was I was, as the youngsters say, I was turned up to the max. So I was just ready. You know, I just lived for for moments like that. It's just, I couldn't sleep the night before and I was just ready. I was ready to go. Every time I saw the Lakers, I tried to kill them. Man, I love that mentality. <laughs> I do, man. Not everybody performs when they're angry, when they, when they have that type of mentality. Sometimes they'll play themselves out of the game, but the way right. you played, it was just like, man, like you, you locked in and you wanted to let them know and the world know that they made a mistake and you right. made them pay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, agreed. Right. But today I think they made the right decision. In that moment, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I think, you know, they were they went on to be champions. They needed to create the culture. They didn't need any distractions. Mm-hmm. But me in that moment, that's how I was thinking. But today I understand it. But I think, you know, especially when we're we're young, you know, that you're you're not think you know, we we look at life with such a tunnel vision look mm. that we don't really look around. And I think that's yeah. just human nature, right? And you'd have that's to agree. Right. Yeah. That, I definitely agree. When you're young, you gotta have the right people around you just because of that, how you explained it. That's that's 
you know, that's something to think about how you explain that. You know, yeah. you just can't see straight forward. You can't. You, you're missing a lot of things. So you got to have good people around you to protect you from what you can't see. Exactly. So let, so let's move forward here. Just talking about, you know, continuing to talk about the Houston Rockets. You were known for three things when you came to Houston. You you brought yeah. three-point shooting. Yeah. You had mid-air acrobatics, which I still think is probably, you are probably the most underrated dunker in Rocket history. Just like the slams you were you were doing, I remember there was one play. Gosh, if I could share the screen, I I, I could try to find it and pull it up. But you had a play, yes, where you you cocked it back from one side of the yeah. one from one side coming up from the other side, dude. God, just, I was like, just blessed with athleticism. Absolutely. And then you had the uh, and then you had the hair and then you did the you get mohawk, the R? Yeah. Did you have the mohawk? But did you go with the R? Or was that just wrong? I had, the, I had the Mohawk. The Mohawk was created in Houston. Yes. Or whatever they call it. The Fox the, 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 the Von Hawk. I remember that. The Von Hawk. Because yeah. remember, Kenny, during the playoffs, they yes. started giving people uh, Von Hawks. That's what they were saying. Like, oh, we're going to give you a Von Hawk. Yeah. You got people my to uncle, do Von Hawks for you. <laughs> my, uncle, my uncle is, he said, he calls me nephew. You should have stayed in Houston, man. They loved you there. I was like, I didn't. I didn't even understand, but that's huge. Just thinking about it. they had the cookies, they had the Bond Hawks. Yeah, wish I would have stayed and built up my fan base. Yeah, and I think that you know that's the thing. Um, I think it goes unrecognized from the entire United States within the city of Houston is when we care, especially yeah. when we lock ourselves in with a player, we really lock ourselves in. And you don't need to be transcendent Yao Ming, transcendent yeah. T Mac transcendent you know all these players all these great players james harden later on you don't need to be that we just we love the players like joe we we equate you similar to like a joe how joe green was for us a few years ago when we almost made the finals uh against the golden state warriors fuck the Warriors, and uh you know Uh, like (laughs) and uh you know just like you, you just you like you were passionate you were played hard you rep the h like harder than anyone on that court and we we saw that yeah. and we believed it so we just want to say thank you like as fans thank yeah. you for that thank you. i mm. want to just use some fans i didn't i didn't understand you know i just didn't even understand the magnitude of the, the love that i was giving out there i'm thankful and i'm grateful those were that was probably the best one of the best years of my life you know i was uplifted spiritually you guys, you just don't know how you helped me tremendously, especially dealing with a lot of things in my personal life. I could just come to the gym with you guys and I wouldn't think about none of that. I was happy and just able to perform at a high level. <laughs> For sure. So uh so fundamentally speaking, who was your who was your favorite teammate on that from that year? Um, I had to give it to Yao because he's just a stand-up guy. He's 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 a stand-up guy. Yao and Dikembe Mutombo. I wish I would have listened to Oh, him. Dikembe, yeah. man. I forgot about Deke. <laughs> <laughs> they're both, I love they're Deke, both man. like they're they're both loved in their countries. They're both highly respected, both mm-hmm. hard workers, both intelligent, first, both very smart businessmen, both good people. It's just I didn't understand the magnitude of who they were. When I was around them, I was around some legends that will go down. Those guys are going to have statues after they're gone. They're going to, their names will never die. You know, when you're young and you come from where I come from, you don't even understand the magnitude of that. 
those guys will be remembered forever. And you're right. It's not just how they were on the court, but it's also like you're right, like how they represented their country, how they right. were off the court as well. So that's obviously right. a huge deal. Deeks building hospitals and doing all y'all. Oh yeah, that's true. Donating yeah. to his country, y'all is y'all is he's he's a stand up guy. Now agreed, agreed. So as we continue on to talk about this this Rockets team, you guys were you guys were overall uh fifty three and twenty nine. Y'all were poised like when you went into those playoffs. When you got into that first round against Portland, what was the mindset of the team at that moment? What was your mindset as well as the team? Did you feel con- like, did you feel like you lost home court? You had the opportunity to get it. I think at the last game of the season. Am I right? I can't remember. Probably. I think, I think, I think it was that. And then, you know, and then I think, and then we lost and then we didn't solidify home court. So we, you guys started off in Portland. So what was the mindset of y'all as a team? Um, Mindset of the team, I felt like, I think, you know, we felt like we were the better team. Um, to be honest, I was in a zone. I just wanted to destroy anybody that got in my way. Like, I just wanted to outplay Rudy Fernandez, to be honest. I felt like, Man, Rudy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I Rudy just Fernandez. wanted to outplay him. Just wanted to lock him up. I just wanted to, to just kill whoever was in front of me. Um, we we felt like we were the better team and we went out there and we, we, we accomplished the mission. We beat them. I also wanted to show Portland they made a mistake because they didn't bring me back. I got traded there from Denver. So I had added incentive. You know, That's so. right. You did. You deal to the fire, fuel to the fire, man. (laughs) (laughs) I looked at your uh, I looked at your stat I looked at your stat line uh, yesterday and I realized that that year that when you averaged those ten points, it, which ended up being your career high, this is like insane because this is what's insane to me. You averaged forty percent from three, forty five percent from the field. That is like as from someone who comes off the bench to be the spark plug. That to the numbers person, that is the perfect stat off the bench anyone can yeah. offer. So, like, just talk about that. Like, your mindset coming off the bench for Houston, you knowing that you weren't going to start these games, and I know how you felt because yeah. um, you they had uh, – it was Aaron Brooks, Ron Artest, Shane Battier, uh, Luis yeah. Scola, and Yao. So what was your That's mindset great, coming off the bench? That's a great question. You know, I think that the coaches didn't want to put me in the game, but I think that was the worst thing that they could have done. I think if they would have just let me play – I'm going to give you a perfect example – or who I probably could have been like, who's in Houston right now, who's killing it, who just needed to just put him in the game instead of putting him on the bench. And that's Kevin Porter. You see what he's doing mm-hmm. when he gets the opportunity to get in the game. Yep. But, you know, I don't really think they felt like that. So I think those numbers were – those numbers didn't even mean nothing to me because I feel like I could have shot 50% from three. Like I feel like I could have shot higher from the field. I just needed – to have a consistent role and just play 30, 25 to 30 minutes a game. And I would have only gotten better. So I feel like those numbers were an underachievement for me. I feel like I could have done so much more. Yeah, of course. But I'm thankful for the opportunity that I was given, you know, and shout out to Kevin Porter Jr. I'm, I'm a big fan of him and I'm just happy that they figured it out. You know, some Mm -hmm. guys can learn, from taking them out, but some guys you have to let them 
you got to let them play and they'll they'll respond better to you. You see that right there with him. So shout out to him. And I think a lot of and I think a lot of it is also based on the personnel and the coaches. Like, let's take yeah. some someone and talking about if you talk about like the last dance, for instance, if we were to go mm-hmm. back on that, Phil Jackson, someone who had the ability to, you know, to to get anybody to 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 figure, you know, find ways that like, OK, it's not just my way or the highway, but figuring out someone like a Dennis Rodman, who's a little weird or, you yeah. know, figuring out Scotty, who's a little, you know, who likes to kind of be out there. And then Michael, who's yeah. like Kobe. And, um, you know, so I think it was just a tough time, especially in that time in the NBA when it seemed to be, what's that word? More of like the old heads. Like it seemed like it was more that era. Am I right? Right. That's right. I think the Lakers gave up on me too fast. If they would have just stayed patient with me, I feel like we could have, you know, I maybe would have never been a rocket, but I feel like we could have won seven or eight rings if they would have just been patient with me. I just feel like I had that kind of ability, but mentally, I just, I was so far behind my athletic ability. I mean, I think Phil Jackson could see that, but I think they were in a win now, you know, type of mentality and they were just ready to win, but he did the best. He, I think he did the best he could, you know, trying to integrate me while trying not to piss off the wrong players. Cause Phil is, smart he understands the business he understands who has the power and who he needs to keep happy and he understands who he can't you know he can't really fool around with i think he tried to do the best he could i think his hands were tied but i think phil definitely tried to tap into some mental things with me that i wasn't able to comprehend i was just too young yeah i feel that i definitely feel that okay so let's move on you know houston rockets it was a great Great year, like honestly, like one of the best years that we ever experienced, and you, like you said, one of the best years of of your life. What ultimately led you out of Houston? Um, to be all the way honest, I was young and mature, and I was kind of hungry and just wanting to chase. I was chasing the finances instead of instead of playing a long game and staying where I had a home, a family. And where people love me, I felt like, you know, I just wish they would have offered me a little bit more than the minimum. I felt like I had performed at an extremely high level. The guys in Boston said my numbers were comparable to Manu Ginobili. So that's why Boston gave me a chance. And I was just, you know, just asking them just to just a little, you know, a little something. I I know we can't break the bank. Y'all just got hurt, but they were only offering the minimum. So I went to Greece. Um, chasing the financial, but I learned financial isn't always the best thing to chase because that's going to take care of itself. So I wish I would have stayed. It's a, it's a, it's me and my uncle. We talk about it all the time. He says that's an opportunity that I blew. I believe that's one of the biggest opportunities I blew in my life. I wish I would have stayed, but I was chasing the finances. I felt like I had performed at a extremely high level, and I just wanted to be compensated. That's just one hundred percent true. That's respectable, though. I mean, you know, in regards to how you played, I mean, I can see why you would want that in regards to your worth. Like, if you're performing like that in big moments, mm-hmm. I think you're worth more than the minimum. I mean, I'm not going to say anything about Duramori or the Rocket organization, yeah. but based on how, I guess, how they were operating at that moment in time with Yao being yeah. hurt, 
T-Max hurt, you know, they're just like, let's yeah. just go com- kind of a rebuild-ish. Right. I don't see why they couldn't have given you a little more so you could play, considering there was so much space in opening up. They just signed Trevor Ariza. So, I mean, that, but that was, but that you're, I agree. And that was literally it. It was just Brooks, Brooks Lowry, uh, from yeah. that year. And, and yeah. And Trevor Reza, the team, and Shane Batty, the team was, I, so actually, young. I actually was trying to get an extension done, um, during the year. I just, um, was, I remember it. I was just asking them, like, I was just asking, can we just do three years, um, at like, two to three million per year during the season because I wanted to get it locked up, but of course it didn't mm-hmm. want to. So it just it didn't work out. Yao got hurt. They had to bring in David Anderson. And oh yeah, I remember him, the Australian. The Australian they were able to, they were able shooter, to find, they were able to find the money to pay him. So I was like, let me just see what happened what's what can happen in Greece. Yeah, for that for that year especially. I, I think that all me being a Rockets fan personally, I think that always made me upset, like low key, that they didn't try to resign you just because of the fact that, like you said, you performed to a certain degree and you deserved to get compensated yeah. for your performance. You're a big time shot maker. You 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 are a hard worker. You put yourself into the gym. And if they were going towards more of a rebuild setup, you're like 24. You're right in line. 24, 25. Right. You're right in line with the rebuild. Or a partial rebuild, or whatever they were doing that year. I think they were really in just limbo. So I totally get where you're coming from in terms of what you were trying to accomplish. Um, you're not 36. You're not going to go for the vets minimum. Like that's just not that's not how it works. You're still young. Mm-hmm. I saw green instead of the dream. Uh, <laughs> that's that's that. a real answer, man. That's a real one. That's that's true. <laughs> that's some truth right there. Bro. Like, you know, like at. at as as uh, as people, we can all get a little greedy. There's a there's a fine line, obviously, but I think for you, you have the right to look for what you were worth. You believed in yourself, and you believe that you to reap the rewards. And sometimes you have to gamble, you know. And unfortunately, it didn't work. But at the same time, you know, you took a chance, and not many people get that. So you know, kudos sure. to you that's able that you were able to be given that opportunity. So I think I just I still think that's huge. You know. Yeah. When I have a, when I have my son, I can he'll know how to play that situation right. We know what we're gonna do. We'll take mm-hmm. the we'll take the commitment. We'll take the fan base. We'll take that over the money because that'll take care of itself. When you have people that love you and that are interested in you, that that are believing in you, that'll that'll take care of everything. Everything will take care mm-hmm. of itself. Oh, for sure. And you in your and you'll definitely have a lifetime of experience to to tell your son that in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And daughter, daughter and son. Oh, daughter and son. Yes. Oh. There you yes. go. OK, so so I have another question for you. You played across a lot of different players. You played across Kobe. You played Kobe in the second round of the of the playoffs in 09. You played across Brandon Roy in 09 in the playoffs you you've locked up with a lot of great players including yourself um what was the toughest matchup you just ever had um i had to give it to kobe you know what i mean but that's an easy one everyone already yeah. know what he brings to the table but i gotta give mm-hmm. respect respect to brandon roy that's another guy if he doesn't get hurt i seen him i seen him in the trenches i seen him go head to head with kobe and 
he was giving Kobe some problems. Like I, I played with Kobe, and I don't want to mention the guy's name, but it was two superstars that year, uh, and Kobe was like, "I'm gonna hold him. I'm gonna hold him under like five points." The guy only had two points, and I got in the game and let him hit a three, and Kobe was mad at me for like two or three weeks because I let him hit a three, and then oh, it was another super, another superstar that he locked down. But Brandon Roy, I saw him give Kobe everything he wanted. I mean, though that guy, he don't he doesn't get enough. He was Love. the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the real deal before the knee injury. Absolutely, he didn't have a weakness. He didn't have a weakness. He didn't. Um, he found ways to get around. He found ways to get around everybody. He, you know, he wasn't. He didn't have a weakness. Wasn't particularly extremely athletic but his way to get into the creases off screen and rolls to get into the middle to consistently take advantage of that from y'all ron and shane would be chasing you would be chasing and he's just finding ways into the lane i'm just like god i hate this guy this guy's ridiculous (laughs) i think i think he was a little injured then but i mean well i had to go yeah i had to i had to give it to kobe Hands down. I mean, I got a little bit out. I just, I saw that game. I, that's when I was watching Brandon. So I had to give it to Kobe for his playoffs. You know, that's, he's, a, he's a different animal. I mean, he made it a point to shut Battier up. That was the whole thing. He kept saying, he kept yelling that. I, how, how was that, by the way? <laughs> and it was it's like watching. <laughs> it's just like watching. And I don't know. It's like watching a technician or something. Like it's like watching a master class. It's like he's just like an artist. It's 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 kind of hard to explain. It's like you're oh, just yeah. watching yeah. it, just watching it before your eyes. Tough shot. There's no way he's gonna make that. Boop. Nah, he's not gonna make that. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> but that. So it's just it's kind of like a like he's in a video game something mm-hmm. you're doing the best you can but it's it's like you had his mercy absolutely he gave it he gave it to shane that game that's for sure yeah. absolutely shane and, did the best he could oh he really did he really did and and you saw the hard work you put into it like there's only so much you can do kobe's a once in generation top t- uh type talent and uh we hope you rest in peace obviously okay so let's just uh let's just uh, have some fun with this one here, Vaughn. So we usually, sometimes when we have guests, we'll play a little game. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do things along the lines of like where we pick our favorites or, mm-hmm. you know, just for any subject like Rockets, NBA. My question for you is we're going to do, let's do a Mount Rushmore, right? Let's do All a Mount right. Rushmore of your four favorite teammates. That's what I want to hear. And, you know, <laughs> I'm so four sorry. Favorite, four favorite teammates. Yeah. Ooh. That's a tough one. Can I can um, I add can I add into that though? Let's do it as if we're creating a starting five. Let's add to it. Five. And and Vaughn, you're in you're the starter. You're the starter. Okay. So pick okay. your teammates. Pick your squad um, that you've played with. Uh, we will run I would I would put us in the triangle offense. Okay. I'd have to put me and Kobe in the backcourt. Hey, there you go. I had to put Yao at the five. There you go. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Man, oh man, that's a tough. One. <laughs> you played with legends. Talent, you played with some legends. or just it just whatever you whatever. Vaughn, it's, it's up to, it's up to you, man. Whatever up you want, you. man. This is your squad. This is your squad. 
it would be um, me, Kobe, and Ray Allen in the backcourt. Yao Ming at the five. Man, the last position. <laughs> I know you played with what you played with. You played with Paul Pierce. You played with KG too, right? Right. Dang, that's a tough one. I know. I know. I we're to, totally. Me- we're totally messing with it. <laughs> I had to put Paul Pierce at the four. So you know, we'll play a little small ball. We're just gonna try to outrun you. You know, those are some great guys. Paul Pierce is. You know, he's a stand-up guy. You know, he's. He's a he's a he wants to win. Yeah. At all costs. He wants to win. He's gonna he's gonna test you. He's gonna see he's gonna see if you got tough skin. So I had to go with me and Ray in the backcourt, put Kobe at the three spot. I had to put Paul at the four and Yao at the five. I think that'll be a pretty tough lineup. Absolutely. Oof. <laughs> that's I, I, danger. I'll, I'll say I dropped that lineup in any era. <laughs> right, I can right. I can drive. That's the type of lineup you can drop in any era, <laughs> and watch how many rings. Watch how many rings y'all get. <laughs> That's a good one. So, a good one. yeah. So no, for sure. To, so to close out, and to, before we go home on the pod here, I do have to ask you. There's a there's an organization called the Big Three. Yes. Vaughn, why 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 are you not in the Big Three? What's going on? Like. Like you, Man, I'm, like you're I wanted perfect. to play. You're perfect I wanted, for the big three. I wanted to play in the big three this year, but like I'm trying to deal with all this um transitional stuff. I kind of got, you know, knocked off track. And when I go into some, like I like to be like on a different level with my work ethic. Yeah. So, and it was so much with the, with the with the um, coronavirus, I had burnt myself out because the big three was supposed to be on this day. They kept switching it and I was training like an animal and I kind of burnt myself out. Then I was trying to wait for the announcements. So it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't get in the shape I wanted to, but definitely next year, hopefully everything stays on course and the dates aren't switched. I had, I was locked in for a specific date and I kind of burnt myself out, but hopefully next summer I can, go into it like steps and what I need to do and I'll be ready to play at a high level, but I definitely would like to participate. Oh, for sure. And, and we think, and I think you'd be perfect for that. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see what happens. I really hope we get to see you on the basketball court again. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I believe you love it too much and I still can do it at an extreme high level. So I just, I, I believe it'll happen for sure. Yeah, we're definitely pulling for you. We we do too, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, Vaughn Wafer on the podcast, one of my personal favorite Rockets of all time. Vaughn, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's a personal accomplishment for me. I don't know how the GM feels. It's a personal accomplishment for me. (laughs) It's, It's amazing. It's wonderful. I mean, that year is one of my favorite years I've experienced as a Rockets fan. So, I mean, I'm, I feel very, um, I'm very happy, feel very blessed that we were given this opportunity to speak with you and hear straight from the source about your experiences, not just in the league, but with the Rockets specifically. So thank you very much. We, we can't thank you enough, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm kind of sad it's over. I really enjoyed myself and this was a great experience. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I had fun 
Oh, Vaughn, this this doesn't have to be the only one, man. You know, we got we got your number. We can hook it up. I'm ready. I'm ready. Whenever I had a good time okay. today, I really. Oh, <laughs> no, for I'm sure really we can talk about. Yeah, we can talk about anything. Like we can like the good thing about this podcast is that we don't just we talk about current events, but we we go into the past. We'll talk we'll talk about different years. We right. did a retrospective of that year of, with y'all actually yeah. a few months ago. So we may mm-hmm. just revisit that and run that back again with you as our special. Hit me up, man. I'm down. I enjoy myself. Oh, I love, I, we, we, I love the vibe. I love what you guys are doing. I wish you guys nothing but success. Keep grinding. Keep pushing. Thank you, I appreciate Vaughn. We that. appreciate thank, you, man. Thank you, Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn, before you go, is there any uh, plugs, anything you want to put out there? Um, I just want to um, just let people know that I'm, you know, I'm just trying to work hard. I'm you know, don't forget about me. I'm still here. I'm still grinding, still working, still believing just in the next phase of my life transition. I just want to help young people so they don't make the mistakes I did. I just want to give them the knowledge, give them um, the experience, give them all of that. So any connections out there, like whatever, you know what I mean? I'm here. For sure. For sure. And also, especially for things like this, speaking on the podcast, I'm, I'm down. Just DM me. Hey, man, we got you, bro. That's why, man. It was a cold DM and you answered. And thank you so much for answering. Oh, man, no problem. Oh, yeah, man. So give make sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Von Wafer Speaks. Von Wafer Speaks for Instagram. Thank you so much. And, of course, a big time thank you to each and every one of y'all that continue to support our podcast all the way from episode one to now all the way up to episode 43 that's right 43 with our first ever nba player it was a great story it was an amazing story it was a humble story from someone who really believed in himself but obviously wasn't able to get over the hump that he wanted but still continuing to make an impact in basketball today so we really really appreciate vaughn uh wafer for coming on the podcast it was a great story and we hope to have him on again soon if you haven't heard earlier go ahead and give him a follow at vaughn wafer speaks on instagram he's doing great stuff there motivational stuff there if you're ever feeling down i highly recommend to go check him out and the city into the city of houston don't forget about vaughn wafer he really still cares about the city of houston and it means just by listening to this pod you can understand how much he still feels the love of the city and it still continues to entrench his heart so don't forget about him he's doing great stuff we hope that the story does get picked up it's big time stuff here to get Von waiver on the pod so thank you very much for that be sure to give us a follow on instagram at summit state of mind underscore pod or give us a follow on twitter at summit som pod we're continuing to post stories uh, all rockets news uh, posts everything that's related to our podcast or everything related to houston rockets be sure to check us out because we're always up to date on that stuff and also be sure to give a follow to our uh, podcast bros shots and thoughts that's right snt go ahead and give them a follow as well listen to them if you enjoy games if you enjoy learning stuff and on top of all that they drink it's just a all-around good time so be sure to give them a follow on there and there's a lot of stuff going on right now so the, the pandemic is the numbers are starting to increase again um there's not much more we can say that's already been said in terms of that if you had a vaccine great um we highly recommend you get the vaccine obviously but if you choose not to that's on your own accord but if not, please make sure you're wearing your mask. Make sure you wash your hands for 20 seconds. Be sure to take care of yourselves. And most importantly, in this world, in this day and age, be sure to take care of each other. So here we go uh, on the sign off, on the go home with myself and the GM. Be sure to follow us on Tuesday. Tuesday, you know what that means? A brand new episode of the Summit State of Mind. Next week, we'll be 
be releasing another episode for y'all's wonderful listening ears. Thank you once again from myself, the GM. Take care. Summit for, 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 for life.